0: Welcome to Baking with House of Bread, and I am your host, Sheila McCann. Tomorrow is National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. So in honor of that national holiday, this podcast is going to be about chocolate chip cookies. So the first chocolate chip cookies was actually made by accident in Whitman, Massachusetts, in an inn called the Toll House. In 1938, Ruth Wakefield, Planned on making her regular chocolate cookies, but got the great idea of throwing in chunks of chocolate bar into it. Much to her surprise, the chocolate did not mix well with the cookie, and instead, it filled it with the tasty chunks of chocolate. And that is probably why we love our chocolate chip cookies. It's our number one seller in the bakery. It's the contrast between the incredible chocolate taste with the other other part of the cookie. And the recipe I'm going to give you in the of this podcast is going to it's a good cookie recipe, but I got to tell you, it, recipes aren't about just adding in all the ingredients. It's really the process that sets it apart. And making chocolate chip cookies, it's easy. I mean, once you get a few tips down, and they're so much better than the commercial chocolate chip cookies. One of the um, rules, or whatever. I try to live by is I only will eat home-baked cookies. Occasionally, though, I find myself in situations where I'm like at the hotel (laughs) and they give you some warm chocolate chip cookies. Trust me, I I do eat those. But I can tell you that there's a big difference between your box cookies, your bag cookies, the Chips Ahoy of the world, all those commercial type of cookies And it really makes no sense to me to go buy the dough. I mean, we've actually sold cookie dough. (laughs) So I, I understand it's the convenience, but it really doesn't take that long to make really good chocolate chip cookies. And since it's National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day tomorrow, you can make some yourself, enjoy every single one of them, or you can give some to friends, or if you check out your local bakeries, chances are they're having some chocolate chip cookie specials. For us, we're doing buy one, get one free up to a dozen. And I've learned to (laughs) add in those little qualifications, like no more than a dozen, because all of a sudden we get overwhelmed and they want like five dozen cookies. Come to House of Bread, up to one dozen cookies, and you only pay for six of them. Back to Miss Gray's in the Toll House Inn. So the interesting part of this story is she started to become a little more famous for her chocolate chip cookies. Word kind of spread. So it was Nestle who reached out to her and they wanted to add her recipe to their wrapper in exchange for a lifetime of free cookies. And she took it. But I kind of wonder if she got more than that. because I've got suspicion that she wanted more than free cookies, but that's what it said on Wikipedia. So there's a million recipes out there, but like I said, a really good cookie, it's more about the process than the recipe uh, ingredients. Mostly they're, they're pretty, pretty much the same. I mean, it's usually butter, pastry flour, right? When you use pastry flour, eggs, vanilla, salt, baking soda, your leavening agents. And, um, but what you need to understand, there's something called it's mechanical leavening. And what that basically is, it's you're physically cramming air into the dough so that your cookies will pop up in the oven. So unlike stirring, mixing, or beating, you're creaming. And it's not just about combining the ingredients, it's aerating them. So by bashing butter against the side of the mixing bowl, Whether you're doing with a spatula or stand mixer or a hand mixer, you're basically folding it over and over, creating little pockets of air with every turn. Then you add sugar and suddenly that process is way more effective, building up an expansive network of sugar, crystals, fat, and air. That's how you get a cookie that's not really thin and spread out. um, So it's got some fluff to it. And I do recommend that you use a mixer if you have one Um, it's your paddle attachment if not you can use those hand uh, mixers and just kind of and beat the butter um, with the sugar Um, and you can also do it by hand but you got to get a strong arm in there and the recipe calls for it to be light and fluffy. and i know that kind of like well what does that mean it's a little vague figure it this way use a higher speed and beat it for about five minutes. And you'll notice the difference in the dough. If you look at it, you'll notice it. And then you'll kind of know. And what we do is we get the butter and the sugar and start that beating. And then we use the high speed on our mixer. And then then we start getting all the other ingredients together. And um, so I'll, and it's not like you're gonna over mix it. So try it about five minutes and you'll see that it does kind of, it changes. The other thing is, you want to be careful about the temperature of the butter. And um, so often my bakers will think that I, I saw one baker do this. He took the butter out in the very beginning of the shift. And then he was making cookies at the end of his shift. And I had to tell him, no, man, don't do that. Because here's the reality is, is the butter gets too warm. Even though butter doesn't really melt until it reaches about 90 degrees its ability to stretch and expand during your creamy process basically that tops out at about seven degrees so anything above that you're not going to be creaming that well in the warm butter it won't retain the air and so that's where you're going to get potentially the dense dough or your collapsed overly spread cookies now let's say that you live in a hot environment Or your air conditioning doesn't work very well, like it doesn't work in my bakery (laughs) very well. Anyway, so if you're if you're about like 75 degrees, it's not like you have to have air conditioning, but what you can do to prevent that warmer batter is you just refrigerate the mixing bowl and your dry ingredients and get it in the refrigerator while your eggs are beating or whatever else. And you know, so it'll be you know five to ten degrees cooler, and that'll really help. Prevent the butter from warming the dough and causing your excessive spread in the oven. The other thing that I had to catch another baker with is um, they were taking out everything in the morning, like their eggs too. I don't want warm eggs. I want to use cold eggs in my cookie recipes. If you're ta- if you're making challah, which is our you know egg bread, yes, I want the eggs pulled out in the morning. But when, you use the cook, when you're making cookies, pull the cold eggs out of the refrigerator. Another tip is to use good chocolate chips. And um, That is where you're gonna get the most significant source of flavor. They don't change that. The taste doesn't change that much in the baking process. I mean, trust me, I don't, I'm not into spending money where it's not warranted, but the good source of chips is. And so we use Ghirardelli chocolate chips because they really are good. Um, Some good other alternatives. Our coffee comes from a company called Equal Exchange, and they've got really good chocolate chips too. Guitar is another one, but it does matter. I can tell you that. Um, And so I looked at the cocoa quality. Okay, you always want to avoid the artificial flavors, and you look at some of the chocolate chips in the supermarket, a lot of times that's what they have, but there's also usually some good ones in most grocery stores. And you want to look for a a cocoa range of around 55% or higher, because basically that contains more chocolate than sugar. right? So we add sugar to these recipes, so we really want to get more chocolate in our chocolate chips. And the other thing is, is, which is kind of fun and unique, is that you can make your own chocolate. Well, you just get a chocolate bar, right? So it can be your bittersweet or dark or whatever you want. What I would suggest is just use like a chef's knife and then you just kind of hold the handle of your knife in one hand, if your right hand, your right hand, and just work around the chocolate bar with that chef's knife. And what is kind of nice is that it turns out all kinds of different sizes of bits and pieces, shards, and some chips. It gets a little bit of variety and a color contrast. And then what I would do is just set aside some and you can garnish the cookies at the end if you want. Um, And there's all kinds of other things you can do. So we've also done um, where we did the Hershey's Kisses. So we made um, the chocolate chip cookie dough, didn't add the chips and just added one Hershey's chocolate chip on top. And that was kind of fun. And then you can add nuts if you choose, you know, walnuts, pecans, whatever you have. That's what we have in our bakery. I stopped doing that in my business is because it becomes like some people have nut allergies and it's like, okay, so when you're in business, you really need to sell things that are going to sell <laughs> um, because you only got have so much of a window to sell, uh, you know, especially with breads, but even with chocolate chip cookies. And so our process is, is that we make a batch and we make about 60 cookies at a time. And then we bake off. Uh, half the batch, and then we sell it for two days. And then on the third day, we throw it in the day-old rack. And then we'll bake off the rest of the 30 cookies. But for the National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day, we're making 120 chocolate chip cookies. And so what we do normally is we save half of it. We form it in the cookie balls, and we put it in the refrigerator. And then you want to put it in a plastic bag because that protects it from being dried out. And the key thing there is you take your chocolate chip cookies out of the refrigerator and let them get to room temperature. So if you let them get to room temperature, they'll spread naturally in the oven, just like if you just made them. But let's say you forget and it's the, you know, end of the day and I want to get my oven off and they haven't baked off any cookies. What I'll do is I'll pull them out and put them on the pan and if you're baking your cookies for 16 minutes, let's say. So you would bake it half the time for eight minutes, and when you open the oven door, you'll see there's kind of like a golf ball sitting in the middle of the cookie, and it's starting to spread, but it's not evenly spreading because it's too cold. And so what you wanna do is just at that point, just smash it down a bit. That's how you will get just as good a cookie if you have to bake the refrigerated dough right away. But like I said, it's better to let it get to room temperature just because you avoid that step of having to smash them down. The other tip is to use American butter. It's not that I'm patriotic, (laughs) but generally your European styles will contain more fat and less water, which might taste really good on a slice of bread. Um, We happen to have some butter from Ireland in my home refrigerator. Um, But at the bakery, we all use American butter there. And the reason why, because it can negatively affect your gluten development. And so it could give the cookie a crumbly rather than a chewy texture. The other key point is that when you add your eggs, you're adding cold eggs, right? Um, The recipe calls for two. You want to add one at a time and then reduce your speed to a much lower speed. Then you follow it up with your flour, your chocolate chips and walnuts or whatever, and your leavening agents. The other tip is do not overbake them. The cookies are the number one thing that gets overbaked. The reason why is because um, they continue to bake on the sheet pan, right? They're really thin, so they're exposed to a lot of that heat, Um, and you can't take it off the sheet pan very easily to put on a wire rack. What we do in our bakery is I tell my bakers, okay, take them out when you think they're underbaked. And um, so what you wanna do is just look at the edges. Are the edges a little firm? It's still gotta be super soft in the middle. Take it out. What's gonna happen, it'll continue to bake for that minute or two after you pull it out of the oven just from the sheet pan. Another tip is to make sure you leave a couple inches between each cookie because you just gotta have to count for the spread of the cookies. And if you choose, you can add a little bit of some of your kosher salt. That's not, kosher is not just a religious thing, but I mean some of that rock salt. So it's just the larger pieces of salt kind of stands out a little bit more, but certainly not necessary. That's just up to you. So the recipe. So it's three quarters a cup of white granulated sugar, one cup of brown sugar, and then one cup of butter. It's something that um, I want the butter to be cold, but it can't just come out of the refrigerator. And I know that's kind of confusing, but it's not gonna cream well if it's super cold, right? So I know that I talked a lot about keeping the butter cold, but what I would suggest is pull your butter out and then start measuring your sugars and whatnot. You can get everything else kind of ready. And so for 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, um, it'll soften enough. I mean, butter softens pretty quickly. And so just leave it out on your counter for 10 to 15 minutes. Let's say that you don't want to do that and you want to put it in the microwave. You certainly can put it in the microwave, but we're talking like 30 seconds. Um, And I really don't like that too much because it it doesn't soften properly in the microwave. It gets softer in the very middle and then it's still hard on the outside. Think of this. Take the butter out 10 to 15 minutes on your counter. And then one tablespoon of vanilla, two eggs, and three cups of all-purpose flour. And once again, it's important to use the right type of flour. Your pastry flour, your all-purpose flour, cake flour, all those work. What doesn't work so well in cookies is your bread flour. I do not want to develop gluten in my cookies because it'll end up with a tough cookie. Same thing with quick breads and scones and muffins and whatnot. So you need to develop the gluten in yeasted products. And that's why you knead and you stir and you do whatever else. Um, So if it doesn't have yeast, then use pastry flour or all-purpose flour. Once all the ingredients are in there, your leavening agents in particular, you barely mix it. And so that's why in this recipe, you can cream your butter and your sugar. You know, for like, you know, that that few minutes that takes to get light and fluffy. Then add in your eggs and your vanilla. And, And what I like to do is I take my three cups of of all-purpose flour or pastry flour, I add my leavening agents in there with that and then put into the batter. And and then last, so when you get the flour incorporated there, then I throw in my chips and my walnuts. You don't wanna continue mixing because sometimes what can happen is that you end up breaking down the chocolate chips and and, or your nuts. You just add those in at the very end and mix until incorporated. Uh, These cookies bake at 350 degrees. Um, And I would start that oven um, in the very beginning of the process. We like to put ours into, ours are bigger cookies, but at home, you know, if you want smaller cookies, maybe about one inch or one and a quarter inch type balls, um, and then just put a couple inches apart. And like I said, you can refrigerate half the dough or you can freeze it. What I would do is form it into the balls beforehand because we've done it where we just refrigerated the dough. Well, Trying to take cold refrigerated dough and form it into balls is not that easy. (laughs) So you're you're a lot better off doing it in first stage right after you mix the cookies, form it into balls and then put it in plastic bag. And like I said, refrigerator or freeze it. Um, Either one will work. We refrigerate it for two or three days, it's fine. Uh, In the freezer, we actually do not freeze it, but I can tell you that I'm sure it'll be fine. Just put it in a double container And like anything, you just want to make sure that you protect it from that environment. And I hope you enjoyed this episode and are going to indulge and make some chocolate chip cookies on National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day of August 4th. Thank you for listening. Happy baking.